Listeners of this program will know that we have a great fondness for people who are characters, and there's certainly been nobody that fits that bill better than the late, great Richard P. Feynman. We've been privileged, actually, to speak with some of his associates. Freeman Dyson was a guest at some length a couple years back on this program, and we were able to talk with Feynman's daughter about uh, a collection of his letters, which was published a few years back. There's currently a new book about Richard Feynman in a graphic novel form. It's very good, and we're keen to talk to the author about it. So uh, to make that happen, let's say welcome to Radio Parallax, Jim Ottaviani. Thank you very much, Doug. It's good to be here. Jim, this is, uh, this is quite a remarkable work you've done. Feynman is a character that uh, I think fascinates everybody, being as a Nobel Prize laureate in physics, uh, also a bongo player, a safe cracker, an adventurer, and uh, as, as, as is pointed out in your book, a world-class raconteur. What got you interested in him? My initial interest in Feynman came with his very first book of anecdotes, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman. And I got that from I don't know who, but I do know when. It was shortly after it came out, and I was in graduate school in nuclear engineering Ah. at the time. And that there was someone working in a related field that was so much more interesting than anybody else I had ever met uh, in that related field uh, fascinated me. And I've been reading stories by and about Feynman ever since. Well, I, I, I have to admit, I share, I, I have a very similar history myself. When Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman came out, it was a big bestseller. But uh, I, I think that it over the years, I mean, it was a, people thought it was a great book to begin with. I note that um, uh, when they were looking, when the Modern Library named the best 100 nonfiction books of the 20th century, it made the list, which is high praise. That is. I didn't even know that, so that's good to know. Let's talk about that book. You, you've, you've, you've based your uh, graphic novel on, it seems primarily, his, his two bestsellers, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, subtitled Adventures of a Curious Character, and his sequel, What Do You Care What Other People Think, uh, subtitled Further Adventures of a Curious Character. And you certainly had a rich, uh, rich vein of ore to mine with those two. The book isn't really based on those two primarily. Okay. There's very little, if you go back and look at them, which I, which I had occasion to do, there's surprisingly little from Surely You're Joking in uh, the book that Leland, Merrick, and I did. But I think the reason you're saying that is because when it came down to deciding how to structure the book, Mm -hmm. we chose a similar structure, which is anecdotal and not entirely linear in terms of uh, time, in terms of chronology. So we we pop around a little bit. Uh, we We have an older Feynman appearing uh, on the same page as a younger Feynman, and Feynman narrating uh, a lot of what he does. And the chapters, if you will, are relatively short. And we also, at least I did anyway, had a chance to spend some time in the Caltech archives and look at a lot of the primary material, you know, his letters, his notes. Yeah. Uh, certainly Michelle Feynman's book of a uh, collection of some of the best letters was a, was a tremendous influence on the book as well. Well, you, you certainly set aside for the reader if they want more information where to go, and you've got an exhaustive list of books, which I imagine uh, imagine you, you plowed through all of that. I did, and it was fun. So it, was, <laughs> it wasn't even plowing. Uh, the, the difficulty was, was stopping and getting down to writing, actually. 
the temptation with any any book like this and any character like Feynman is to fool yourself into saying, oh, if I just read one more thing, then I'll be ready to go uh, because it's so enjoyable. At some point, you do have to close all the books on your desk. In fact, clear them off your desk and face down the blinking cursor and, and get to writing the story that you want to tell about this person, this character. Well, I'm quite intrigued by the process. Being a graphic novel, you have to put things into a, in, in an illustrated form. Uh, you, you're the you're the author, and it says it's an illustrator, Leland Merrick. How do you decide what goes into one little chapter? I mean, is like is like a story boarded out? I mean, how do how do I mean like you do for movies? I would say that what Leland produces is very much like that. What I, as an author, and there's no right way to do that. There's yeah. no one true way for writing comics. But the way I write uh, the books is, in fact, very detailed. When, by the time it gets to an artist like Leland, what he will see is page one, panel one, such and such a setting, such and such people, uh, maybe a little bit of indication of, of the camera angle, if you will, if mm -hmm. I have a specific idea of, uh, about how to do that. Right. And then laying out the, the, what ha what's said in the captions and what's said in the dialogue. And then it goes to page one, panel two. And what I think the image should be for that panel and what happens, et cetera, et cetera, until you reach the end of the book. Mm -hmm. What Leland puts down in pen and ink is what you, the reader, see. And so probably the better analogy is that I'm producing storyboards. I'm just doing it with words. And Leland is producing the final film, video, whatever you want to call it. Right. The, the analogy breaks down a little bit there, but you, you, I think you get what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about Freeman Dyson. You got a wonderful review from him, it sounds like. You said these images capture with remarkable sensitivity the essence of Feynman's character. The comic book picture somehow comes to life and speaks with the voice of the real Feynman, which is, again, it's wonderful praise for you on that. Yeah, my head just about exploded when I read that. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm delighted uh, that he, of all people, A, read the book. How does Freeman Dyson get a copy of this book? And B... Uh, liked it enough to actually write about it himself. Uh, it, it was just wonderful. I have this vague memory of exchanging email with him early on in the project and asking him a couple specific questions, but uh, I can't find that anymore. So I'm wondering if that was just a, a fever dream or something, because it's not like you throw away an email from Freeman Dyson. <laughs> Jim, I think you'd have to have a background, a strong background in physics to, to write what you did in this book, but you have quite a long little uh, digression about the work that won him the Nobel Prize that uh, is very good. It really, I think it really sort of illustrates people what, what he was talking about. And, he, and he, he, too, was very visual in what he did, creating these diagrams which, which brought the physics uh, to life. That's right. Feynman is, was a very visual person, and I would say, in general, science is a visual discipline. Uh, the, the thing that I often uh, point out to people who may express skepticism, like, comics about science? Come on. And I offer them this thought experiment, which you can actually do in real life, it's not too hard to do, is go to the library. Uh, any library will do, but a university or college library would be best. And walk in there and Start flipping through the literary journals, the humanities journals, those things. Then head over to the science section and start flipping through 
those as well. You know, the, the serious stuff where scholars are presenting the, their, their latest research. And I'll bet you you can guess where I'm going with this. Which do you think has more pictures? <laughs> and it's the science every time. Yeah. And scientists, and Feynman in particular, communicated with pictures. Feynman was particularly happy about developing this scheme of his, the so-called Feynman diagrams. He called them funny-looking pictures, and he thought it would be a real kick Mm -hmm. if serious articles in the physical review started featuring these things. Mm -hmm. And they did. And I just read a piece by, I think it's David Kaiser, who is a historian of science, who notes that there hasn't been an issue of the physical review since about 1950 that hasn't had a Feynman diagram in it. Wow. This is a pervasive thing. Images are a wonderful tool and an essential tool for describing science, not just from scientists to a, you know, a non-professional audience, but when they communicate with each other, they use these as well. Many people listening may not be particularly interested in physics or even sometimes in science, but Feynman's right. the kind of guy whose life transcends all that. The The, the reason that uh, I think Surely You're Joking was such a monster hit was that here's this uh, Nobel Prize laureate telling these hilarious stories with great insight that really sort of make you stop and think, well, this is, this is a curious character, this fella. Yes. It's difficult to find an area that we're familiar with, and that is that is current in terms of technology and in terms of science that Feynman didn't touch on, uh, in addition to all the things that uh, made him famous in the physics community, in addition to all the amazing adventures that he made sure he had throughout his life, uh, he had his fingers in supercomputing, nanotechnology. He was part of the panel that determined why the Challenger explosion occurred. He's all over current science, current events, uh, even today, even, uh, what is it? Gosh, it's a, a little over 20 years after, he, after he's died. His work and his personality uh, live on. Well, let's talk about his personality. I mean, uh, even for non-scientists, I mean, this is a guy who at one point cuts a deal where he's going to go study or he's going to teach, I guess, down in Brazil. That's right. And just the kind of guy he is, he gets involved in these 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 bands that go about the streets during during Mardi Gras, and he becomes yes. basically a street musician. Yep. And it's describing one point out, well, you couldn't very well expect that you know what we the thing we threw together to win one of these competitions, but of course we did. <laughs> yep. It's just the sort of thing that seemed to happen to him all the time, and I guess saying happened to him. Uh, takes away some of the agency, perhaps. Uh, He was very interested in living life, you know, full color, widescreen, 3D, sense around. He liked uh, being around people. He liked doing interesting things. He liked trying new things. Uh, He was particularly fond of playing percussion instruments, and that's what he did uh, in these Brazilian street bands. And in the end, he was able to craft some really compelling and interesting stories about them as well, and that's what uh, I, I think makes him makes him irresistible. Anyway, well, I, uh, I agree. A writer, I, I agree. But one thing I especially like about him, and I like about what your treatment of him with the graphic uh, graphic novel, is that 
he paints a picture where you can clearly see that, you know, sometimes you, you react and go, geez, what a jerk. <laughs> because he'll leave in the parts that are, he, he sort of presents himself to you warts and all, where once in a while you're going like, wow, that's being, uh -huh. a, that's being a jerk. Yeah, well, he was a human being. And not everything everybody does all the time is, I, I was about to say admirable. Maybe that's the best word. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, I have set as the goal is to, through the books that I've done, uh, make sure people understand science as a human endeavor that is done by real people and that they actually do have lives outside of the laboratory, outside of being surrounded by note notebooks and scraps of paper with calculations on it. And Feynman is you know, exhibit A for that kind of full, rich life. Yeah. And yeah, that means there's life in, in all its good and sometimes bad aspects as well. So well, yeah, I, yeah, I would agree that Feynman doesn't always come off great, even in his own stories. Yeah, I, I love him for that. I, I just love him for that, and I, I love the way when you presented him, that comes through. Thank you. That's really good. I'm, I'm glad that did come through. Uh, what you don't want to be doing is writing, and I never know how to pronounce this. I should really look this up, but... Is it the hagiography? Ha yes. Or hagiography? Yes. Well, the lives of a saint, where basically the, the, all, all of the, the bad stuff disappears and you have this saintly figure, which is what so many uh, biographies or even certainly autobiographies come across as. That would be a disservice to both the real person and, I think, to readers as well. So I hope this book doesn't come off that way. It sounds like it didn't for you anyway, so I'm very glad to know. Well, one of the things you mentioned somewhere in the, I think in the, in the, the publicity material was that, you know, he was a fun guy at parties. Did you have a chance to talk to anybody who was at a party with Feynman? I've known a number of people who have attended lectures by him. I, yeah. I, I never met him or was at a party. Uh, but, yeah, I've had the opportunity to talk with uh, Ralph Layton any number of times over the years. I, I, uh, in, a, in a guy whose life was uh, so colorful in so many ways, there's so many stories. Do you, do you have a favorite? I do. But it's very much colored by the fact that this is one of the recordings that Ralph actually had made early on. So I can hear it in Feynman's own voice because mm -hmm. I've heard it in Feynman's own voice. Mm -hmm. And it's the Los Alamos from Below uh, story. And you're familiar with that from Surely You're Joking. But there's a sound recording of it as well. And I think they just re-released that as part of uh, classic Feynman, which, which collects both Surely You're Joking and What Do You Care What Other People Think. And in the back of that is a CD with uh, Los Alamos from below. And I think that's my favorite one uh, because you've got all the aspects of Feynman's life bundled into one relatively uh, compact story. You've got him coming, in, coming into his own as a physicist, uh, among other physicists at Los Alamos. So he's starting to work directly with some of the greatest minds of the 20th century. You've got the love story with his first wife, Arlene. You've got the mischief with the safe cracking, all against this backdrop of a horrible and terrifying war. And you just really couldn't ask for anything more dramatic and, and uh, interesting than that, except it's even better because we've got Feynman telling the story with his own thick accent and all the asides, and it's just wonderful. So I guess if, if there was anything 
uh, it's, it's that story. I didn't leave that one out of the book, though. Jim, there's a, about page 74 is my favorite story, as, as you guys illustrate. At one point, they're realizing that the people that are refining the uranium out in Oak Ridge are That's stacking right. it up in danger of reaching critical mass and blowing themselves to kingdom come. They send out young Feynman to see what he can do to straighten out various matters, and one of the things he determines is that, well, you shouldn't let the aluminum pile or the uranium pile up. So to right. fix this, they, they show them a long table of diagrams of various means they've got to make sure that nothing ever accumulates. And as you describe in the book, Feynman says, well, I took mechanical drawing in high school, but I'm really not that good at reading blueprints. So as they're going blah, 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 he comes in here and this goes there. He's looking down like, well, is it, what is that? Is that a window? He says, he writes, uh, as, as, you, as you describe, you know the type of situation when you didn't ask for help right away, and now you've hesitated too long. And if you ask now, they'll say, why have you been wasting my time? <laughs> so he looks down and says, um, guessing, well, what happens if that valve gets stuck? He just touches it, thinking they're going to say to him, oh, it's not a valve, that's a window. And they all look at the diagram. They look at each other. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like his, his reputation as a genius is now assured because he looks at an entire page of blueprints, picks out the valve that if it's stuck will cause disaster, and it's just an accident. Yep. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> a lot of success is about being very lucky. And I wouldn't say that's true of most of Feynman's, you know, he wasn't lucky to come up with a, a concise and uh, useful formulation for quantum electrodynamics. But he was lucky on that one, and it does make for a great story. And that, that's how you get a reputation, as you said. It's, uh, it's, it's a good one. I'm glad you picked that. Well, for those who want to learn more about Richard P. Feynman, there's no better place to start than uh, than this book, uh, Feynman, the graphic novel. We're speaking with its author, Jim Ottaviani. Jim, this is this is a uh, fine work you've done. I hope I hope that a lot of people will uh, get acquainted with with uh, Feynman through this effort. And uh, how's it doing, by the way? As far as I can tell, it's doing well. Uh, it's it's only been out a week at the at the time that we're talking so it's difficult to know uh if it's sold five million copies or 50 <laughs> but uh as, as you pointed out folks like uh, freeman dyson have said very nice things about it so the critical response has been excellent and i'm just really happy to have the book out there for for people to start reading it it took a long time to put this thing together so <laughs> it's it's amazing to actually have it in my own hands now and see, ah, it's a real thing. It's a real book. Well, it's a delightful book. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, there's another book I see you've written prior to this, T-minus, The Race to the Moon, yeah. also in graphic novel style. I think I better read that. Maybe we can have you back and talk about it because that's another subject that's uh, near and dear to our hearts. Oh, I'd be delighted. I, I love talking about the space race. Me too. Well, Jim, we'll come back. We'll do that sometime maybe next year. That would be lovely. I look forward to it. All righty. That about does it for today's program, which was produced by Edward McMillan. We want to thank our good pal, Mr. Will Durst. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll see you next week.